Welcome to Add Passion and Stir, Big Chefs, Big Ideas. This is the Share Our Strength podcast about people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Billy Shore. It's amazing when you realize how central food is to so many things that we care about. It affects our health. We see kids with nutritionally related problems, many of them overweight even though they're undernourished. It affects our ability to learn. She had to make sure she had lunch in the classroom because at the end of the day, that was going to be all she got. Food security affects our strength as a nation. Within arm's reach are, are people who are hungry, and there is a anxiety and a stigma attached to that. Today, we're in Denver, Colorado, for the first time having a conversation. We usually do these in Washington. Some of them we've done in New York, but we've got in some incredible and inspirational leaders here in Denver, and we wanted to come and talk to them as well. Um, two in particular, Gabriel Guillaume, who's the uh, incoming CEO of Live Well Colorado, uh, and uh, Michael Friedberg from Yellow Belly Chicken. And we're going to talk to both of you about how you got to be doing what you're doing. But particularly today, there seems to be such a connection between your work and the intersection of food and health and the, the commitment that you both have to making sure that food and health and opportunity exist for kids and families in this country, particularly those who are overserved. So we're thrilled to have you on Add Passion and Stir. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, let's start with you, Gabriel. Just tell us a little bit. You've had a long track record in the nonprofit sector, uh, and now you're leading an organization that has just made a very big impact on the lives of, of families in Colorado. And just tell us a little bit about how you got to be doing what you're doing. Yeah, well, th- uh, thank you for for uh, a chance to talk a little bit about that. I've been with Livewell Colorado for uh, about uh, seven years, um, and prior to that, with different nonprofit organizations, always focused on how to address some of the social justice barriers that our uh, state is dealing with. And so, I initially started my work around affordable housing, um, just seeing lots of people in, in a, a rising market here in the late '90s, similar to how the housing market is here now today. Uh, with a lot of people at risk of losing their housing, a lot of people having a hard time getting services, um, and saw some real policy opportunities and organized a group of 600 people uh, to start to change Denver's policy around housing. And that really kind of evolved over time for me uh, into moving into realms of health and food and physical activity and understanding uh, the tie between all these social uh, justice and social determinants of, of, of health. And so uh, really understood that every time I worked on one issue, there was five other issues that were rising to the top and couldn't just work on one. And so uh, it was important for me to, to find opportunities to, to work at a systems level, to try to address policy that could touch many different issues simultaneously. And so while Live Well Colorado is an organization about removing barriers to healthy eating and active living for lower-income populations and communities of color here in Colorado, uh, we work on housing, inevitably. We work on economic uh, justice and economic opportunity. We work on education uh, because these things all touch each other, and that's been uh, really where my passions lie. One of the things that we've found and experienced at Share Our Strength with our uh, more singular focus on hunger is that all of these issues are not only connected, but if you only work on one and don't address the others, it's kind of like pushing a rock up the hill that continues to slide back down on you. So you've got to surround children and families with all the things they need to to really be successful. And that's something that LiveWell's really trying to model. Yes, that's, that's absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you go into a community and say, Hey, let's, 
Let's, you know, low-income community, let's work on obesity. People close their door. They don't want to talk to you about obesity. Obesity is not their issue. Um, but when you realize that, uh, that all these other more important issues are also critical to the issue you're there to accomplish, uh, you start to think about your work really differently. And so it's that partnership and that connection with local community members that really helps form this more holistic approach. Yeah. Now, Michael Friedberg, Yellow Belly Chicken, yeah. you're one of the co-founders. I think there were yep. several of you, two or uh, three, three of you of that us, started yeah, three it. Um, and one of the things that I always find when I talk to anybody in your industry is that their path to it was almost always circuitous. It's rarely linear for mm-hmm. chefs, restaurateurs, others in the in the food service industry. How did you uh, get started and what led you to Yellow Belly Chicken? Yeah, so... Basically, my background is in athletics. I was on a U.S. ski team for a long time um, when I was a kid. And then after that, I kind of stayed in the, the industry. I went to college. Um, my first kind of real job was doing um, athlete management around some television properties for Jeep Sports. Um, then I had the opportunity to be part of the country's first and only publicly funded sports academy, um, which is VSSA in, in Minturn, Colorado. What's that VSSA? What's that uh, stand Vailski for? Vail Ski and Snowboard Academy. Oh, okay, got it. Um, and so, you know, the circuitous route is uh, is an understatement. You know, um, I got into cycling. Um, I've had a pro license since 2008, but it's never been a main focus. It's been been a hobby. Um, but I was racing for uh, Tokyo Joe's, which is a local fast casual. I got to be good friends with the founder. Um, also, have always done some artwork and um, had done some artwork for uh, and brand stuff with Evol Burritos in the early days and. Uh, you know, Tom, um, one of the founders of that, is also a partner in my business. But, um, you know, the route to get there, like you said, for a lot of us is is kind of convoluted at best. But, um, you know, kind of picking up at Yellow Belly, um, our true north as a brand is serving better versions of food that people already love. You know, there's kind of the – in Colorado, there's a lot of really great um, fast casual – concepts that focus on natural foods and, you know, Chipotle is from here. They've really pushed organic to the forefront. Um, you know, and there's some things that go even further left, you know, but we don't believe that people should have a green smoothie four times a day. You know, we think with the active lifestyle that everyone leads here, um, you know, we just try to serve really high quality product. Our chicken's all natural, hormone free, veg fed, antibiotic free, free range. Um, it's gluten free. We use rice flour. We fry it in a GMO free rice bran oil we pair it with these beautiful sides and salads um right now we're serving um these local organic beets that we're getting from uh, a farm in longmont that i ride my bike past every day and so you know that's really um that's really where my passion is right now is is that um is 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 helping people eat better and so my interest in in chef cycle and in share our strength comes from the fact that you know here we are serving sort of a premium priced fast casual meal and and urging people to do better. But I think that respect needs to be paid to the other side of the coin, which is, you know, there's still people out there that just aren't getting enough to eat. Well, one of the things that uh, interests me about this conversation with the two of you is you, uh, you know, on the face of it, you seem to be like have very different backgrounds, <laughs> do very different things. But Live Well Colorado is not just about healthy food, but about physical activity as well. And you're a restaurateur who's an exemplar of physical activity, <laughs> probably do more of it as a cyclist than, you know, just about anybody you can possibly find. Um, one of the things I'd like to hear you both talk about is why don't people eat healthy in the first place? Why is this such a big push? What are the forces that are, why, why isn't it just the natural default mode 
to eat healthy food and make sure that your family has healthy food? I mean, you know, from our perspective, first and foremost, uh, we've got some really significant barriers to accessing healthy food. It's uh, not uh, physically available. It's not affordable. Um, And then people don't have uh, always enough time or enough understanding how to prepare it in a way that their family is going to enjoy. And so I see on a pretty regular basis, we've got some systemic barriers uh, that are rooted in poverty and rooted in uh, the way in which our communities are distributed. And there's a lot of, of, of institutional racism associated with that uh, to the ability for people to effectively um, prepare food. And it's why you know, one of our partners, Cooking Matters, is such a, a great partner because I think they address that really that preparation, and that, that teaching of how to cook healthy food. Um, and live well is really trying to figure out how to how to remove those really significant barriers to get healthy food in communities. Uh, we're partnering in a community right now in Montbello. It's one of the largest uh, neighborhoods in Denver. Has uh, had one grocery store, uh, about fifty thousand people in the area, um, and that grocery store closed probably about a year ago. And as a result, that community has started to organize. Called Montbello Organizing Committee. They're pull, pulling together all of the assets of their community. The, a, a largely African-American and Latino community who's really putting in a lot of effort and advocacy with and in partnership with the Economic Development Council here in Denver to get a grocery store back in that neighborhood because the best they have right now is tremendous amount of fast food um, and the closest grocery store is not easily um, uh, accessed for them because of, of highways and because not everyone has uh, easy transportation. And so we're working with them to try to figure out how to entice, incentivize grocery stores to come in and also make sure that the community has a say in what those kind of retail opportunities look like moving forward. And Michael, how does that look at, at your end of the, the food counter? And yeah. uh, you talked about the, the qualities of food that are important to you. Um, I'd like to know how that looks at your end. And I'd like to know whether your customers understand that they're getting something special or, or do they just think, Yellow Belly Chicken is the best chicken I've ever eaten, and that's why I'm going back there. <laughs> well, of course, I think it's the best chicken I've ever eaten. Um, you know, I mean, we do lead with taste. You know, like that's if it's not delicious, it's got to um, be. It's got to be delicious. But um, you know, we really are kind of bookending the spectrums here with with their groups, and so I think that that my clientele, um, you know, we do a ton of business with athletes, and there is that kind of food is fuel. So I think they understand the nutrition side of it more than um, the general population, and then. You know, we've been incredibly blessed to, um, you know, start in the communities that we're part of. And I think that it's our responsibility to kind of shine a light maybe on the other side of the spectrum, you know, where we've got our customers are coming in because they, they know that it's premium. Every now and again, we get someone who comes in and, and wants to tell us how much more chicken they can get for less money at KFC. And, you know, in the business world, not every customer is your customer. And we've had to live with that. But we really have found... Um, a great opportunity in people who do care a little bit more about what they're putting in their bodies. And so, you know, we're seeing clientele who, you know, won't feed their children anything that's not organic. And, and they're, you know, living their at a current, you know, financial level that allows them to do that. And that's wonderful. But so it's our it's it's our job and, and why I'm interested in working with you guys is, you know, I think it's our responsibility to then, you know, shine a light on the other side of the spectrum that you know, not everyone can make these these choices and that, you know, it's a real blessing for us to be where we are. Now, Livewell, Colorado, as you talked about earlier, um, has interests across a lot of these areas. How do you prioritize? Is there, is there a set of issues that you put first, second, or third? What's the, I think of Livewell, Colorado, uh, 
is focused on obesity and on healthy food and on physical activity, but it goes much deeper than that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we, we, yes. I mean, ultimately, we are an organization working to remove barriers to healthy eating and active living uh, in Colorado. And that's even in itself an evolution for the organization, which used to be, used to be much more focused on, on lifestyle and creating um, people, building people's awareness around healthy eating, active living. And that was a broader message to a broader group in Colorado. What we've realized, and I think a lot of people realize, is that Colorado, um, there's a Colorado paradox where we have a culture of health. We have, um, we're considered one of the healthiest states in the nation on a lot of different measures. Uh, but what's really true is that we import health and we import wealth. But we don't grow it well. And so a lot of people come here with money, and a lot of people come here because of their opportunities to engage in healthy eating and active living. But there's a lot of people born and raised here, um, a lot of kids that are here today. Uh, they don't have that same access. And so while we have the lowest rate of obesity in the country, we have, we're right in the middle of the pack when it comes to, for example, physical activity among youth. We're 24th in the nation. Uh, and so we realized that to prioritize required us to focus on where there's substantial gaps and disparities. And so it's now about removing barriers as opposed to contributing to healthy lifestyles. Well, let's just, as we wrap up, tell me what's next for each of you. You're just kind of coming into this job at Livewell. You must have big ambitions for it. You've been there for a long time. You, you know how it works and what you want to do. Uh, where do you think you'll take the organization? Well, I mean, I think one of the big steps for us right now is to is to really get focused on how to leverage uh, food uh, food assistance programs. I mean, our double up food bucks is a way to do that, but there's actually a lot of other ways, and there's a broad spectrum there. Uh, but what we found is is that the that there's a space right now, kind of an, a space that no one is is really taking a policy lead in around public food assistance programs and how to make sure that they are. Uh, supporting nutrition, um, not just food access. And so we're going to be playing a deeper role in that. Um, I think we, are, are have, we have an opportunity to convene a lot of leaders around the state on this. We're working currently with 23 food policy councils across our state, which is an incredible group and I think indicates the, the movement that's taking place right now in our state. Um, we have an ability to convene them, to bring them together, to build their capacity to in a sense, unleash their passion with the best skills and access to policymakers possible so that we can uh, really start to, to, to support that ambition. Uh, and then I, you know, I think the, the big piece for us also is to get really even clearer than we have been before around uh, the importance of addressing health equity and root causes of obesity in Colorado. Uh, we talked, I talked about that earlier, um, and there's a lot of things Live Well Colorado could be doing even better in that arena. Uh, really leveraging the the partnerships we have with so many other organizations and communities uh, to address things like economic development, um, education, and, and housing. So we're we're going to get uh, clearer and more focused in cer certain areas where there's a lot of um, where it's really resonating in community, uh, so we can make some sustainable long-term change. And Michael, I know there's I know in terms of your future, I know there's more bike rides. Are there more yellow belly chickens yeah. coming down the road? Yeah, I mean you know cycling as much as I love it is, is always on the, the back burner and it's business first. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be opening our third restaurant and, uh, it's really exciting to us because we raised money to do this one. So it's going to, it's going to be a restaurant that we build. It's going to look and feel the way we want it to, to be, um, yeah, really looking forward to working hard and, and growing this and to, you know, realize it's, it's kind of back into, um, you know, realizing a dream, you know, 
being an entrepreneur is 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 what uh is what I'm passionate about right now and and that's the vision I want to see come to fruition. Well, as as we wrap up, let me just ask you uh you're both inspirational figures to a lot of people in terms of the success you've had and the the way you marry your vision of what could be to what you're actually doing. Uh, for somebody who's listening, for somebody who's turned on, uh, if somebody says, I, I think maybe I can make a difference too, what kind of advice do you have uh, for people in terms of how they can share their strength? How can people get involved and make a, make a difference uh, just be here, in, here in the Denver community and the Colorado community? What kind of things can people do? You know, that's a, an excellent question because we, as I, as I was saying earlier, the ability to leverage people's value for this and expertise in it, which we have so much in our state to open up access to, to others is, is really a big part of our strategy. And so uh, we not long ago released a campaign called No More 24, um, where you can, you can visit that at nomore24.org. Um, it's, a, it's a way for people to understand the issues and barriers to kids being physically active um, in our state. As I said before, we're 24th in the country in physical activity. And so there's a lot of, lot of to-dos there, a lot of actions people can take, and an ongoing ability for us to support uh, calls to action as we bring people into that movement. Um, so I think that that's that tends to be more focused on physical activity. But the reality is, is that most people that are interested in, in kids getting more physically active are also interested in them eating better. Um, and so we we've we're really kind of bringing in a group of people to to be advocates. And that can be small things like talking to your teacher about why uh, and this is my issue with my daughter. Uh, every time she gets an answer correct at school, she gets a skittle. And I'm thinking, I work for Live Well Colorado. I can't be letting this happen. This is this is not not acceptable. And there's things, there's alternatives that teachers can can do. That kids. I asked my daughter. I said, What would you like more than a skittle? She said, I'd love stickers. I love stickers. I was like, Stickers are not bad for you. Stickers right. are good. So, uh, it's everything from talking to the teacher to to a principal to talking to to your city council person about how to make parks uh, better lit and safer and easier to access. And so, I think there's a lot of things we as individuals. Uh, can do to to really significantly change the environment right around us, that not just how it benefits our family, but also our entire community. Michael, how about you? What's your take on this? Um, I mean, I'd say that the the biggest reason reason that No Kid Hungry has ignited my passion is that you know, especially with kind of bootstrapping a business, um, I'm not in a position to give uh, the way I'd like to, and I think that. Um, you know, there's amazing research going on. You know, the ALS challenge actually led to some breakthroughs, but you know, like those are those are huge amounts of money, and they're in their moonshots. And I, there's so many smart people out there, and I love all the research that's going on. I certainly don't want to knock that, but for someone in my station in life, and I think a lot of our listeners are probably in the same thing, where, you know, giving twenty dollars doesn't doesn't really feel, you know, great. But I love that how easily quantifiable, um, you know, things are in. Uh, in our world with what we're doing with Chef Cycle. And, um, and I think that that's really inspiring. And when I was rambling earlier about prize money, um, I donate every cent that I make from cycling um, to No Kid Hungry. And it just, it feels so different than putting, you know, a couple hundred bucks in your, your pocket versus, um, you know, versus being able to feed that many children. And I think that that has really made a big difference in, uh, in how I feel about it. And then to the point of physical activity, um, you know, I obviously love it and, uh, and, you know, the endorphins, all that, all the science behind it is undeniable, but I think that people need to find, um, joy in what they're doing, you know, and, and, and I think that cycling is a, is a really great way to do that. But, um, in general for, 
for you to, um, you know, improve the quality of your fitness. I don't think that going to a gym and running on a treadmill is necessarily gonna gonna be as powerful as finding something to do outdoors. That's kind of my two thoughts on the physical activity and the charitable giving piece. Well, and thanks for your generosity on the on the charitable giving. That's really inspiring to hear. And uh, just good luck and safe rides, Michael <laughs> Freeberg. And um, I can't wait to try Yellow Belly Chicken, which I haven't tried yet, but it's it's on it's at the top of my list. So awesome. thank you. And uh, Gabriel Guillaume from Livewell, Colorado, thank you for being here this time. You've yeah, been listening be to Add Passion and Stir, and we've got two great examples of, of passion with us. Um, I'm Billy Shore. Thanks for being with us. The Share Strength community believes that everyone can share in the global fight against hunger and poverty, and that in these shared strengths lie sustainable solutions. Today, Share Our Strength focuses these strengths on making no kid hungry a reality in America. Add Passion and Stir is distributed by District Productive. Our senior producer is Carrie Thompson. Our executive producer is Peter Ogburn. Add Passion and Stir is the creation of Billy Shore, Debbie Shore, and Paul Woody Woodhull. I'm Billy Shore. You're listening to Add Passion and Stir from Share Our Strength.